Jeremy, we've just watched the interview on Houston station KPRC. Jeff Luno responding to the Major League Baseball report. The Astros sign stealing. A lot of denials there. A lot of denials. What did, uh, what's your biggest takeaway? I'm not sure if that was addressing what happened or that was the poor Jeff Luno show. Okay. And I'm saying that because everything he did from start to finish was about plausible deniability. It was like, it's not my fault. I didn't know everybody else did this. AJ knew and the players did it and Bagwell and Biggio didn't know, but they were around the clubhouse. Everything that he said from start to finish had to do with Jeff Luna wasn't involved. He addressed most of the outlying details of the, of the sign stealing. He addressed the Brandon Taubman issue and none of it, none of it involved him being culpable at any point. It's interesting in Major League Baseball's report, it says, although Luno denies having any awareness that his replay review room staff was decoding and transmitting signs, there is both documentary and testimonial evidence that indicates Luno had some knowledge of those efforts, but he did not give it much attention. My thing is this, you have binders and binders of material that's how you got this job. You brought an entire plan to Jim Crane. And you don't know anything of what's going on underneath you. At best, that is lack of institutional control. We hear that a lot in college sports. That's what gets coaches fired. Sometimes athletic directors fired. A lack of institutional control when it comes to NCAA infractions. <sighs> Jeff Luno is too meticulous at the least. He's too much of a, of a control. He's, he's too much of a control freak with everything he's done in that organization in any part of his life to not know what's going on underneath him. The people are, that he had working with him or for him were handpicked because they thought the same. They worked the same. They, uh, they would listen and follow directions right? There's zero chance, zero chance that he didn't know. And he referenced, Jason, he did reference the, you know, the Major League Baseball, what they said about not giving it much thought. Talked about an email, said I might have given it 10 to 15 seconds. You can tell by my timestamp, okay? He still knew. He still knew. That's not indicative of somebody who didn't read it thorough because they were too busy. That's indicative of somebody who knew and read it to say he read it and then had some kind of way for an exit strategy. The irony of all this, the irony of all this is the man, well, he said, I was excited, and I'm paraphrasing, excited to take over a, a terrible organization and make it dominant. If that's what you're doing and you're taking something that's terrible, and by the way, the Astros organization wasn't terrible. It wasn't terrible when he took it over. They weren't winning. But it wasn't terrible. That's a huge insult to the people that were there before him. A huge insult. And that's that's Jeff Luna, right? That's, it's his culture. That's insulting everybody else and throwing them under the bus to make sure that he looks like he uh, didn't do anything wrong. And then he throws it away. He says, well, you know, everybody else knew but me. 
And he, all, he said also, people that left the organization naturally, they knew. And the people that still did it, and I believe this 100%, by the way, they're still there. Everybody knew, but I was the one that was made to be the scapegoat. My man, you led the charge, okay? So to say that you didn't know means that you don't know what you're doing. You're, you're bad at your job. That's just as bad as AJ allowing the clubhouse to do it. It's just as bad. That's no different. So if you're going to throw AJ under the bus for that, throw yourself under it too, okay? It's, it's, it's unbelievable watching that. It's, it's curious how he could do it with a straight face, frankly, okay? That's exactly, just that alone is what gets people fired, let alone the fact that it's not true. Well, when you look at, he says, I knew the players weren't going to be disciplined. Well, that's because Major League Baseball made it clear that, that the people running things would be held accountable. And it even says here, it says here on page six of the report. It is the job of the general manager to be aware of the activities of his staff and players and to ensure that those activities comport with both standards of conduct set by club ownership and MLB rules. Luno failed to take any adequate steps to ensure that his club was in compliance with the rules. Luno did not forward the memoranda and did not confirm that the players and field staff were in compliance with Major League, Major League Baseball rules and the memoranda. Now he did say that he did discuss it with some people. But again, Major League Baseball in the report says that Luno had some knowledge of those efforts, but he did not give it much attention. Jason, this is, um, I'm kind of stuck on what he, on some of the, the digs he threw at everybody else in, in, on this way, right? So I'm gonna, I'm gonna start with, let's talk about the things that happened under his tenure. This is what happened, okay? Did the Astros win a World Series? Yes. Did they become very a very good team? Yeah, they did. Did he make some good moves in, in free agency um, and in, in the waiver, waiver, waiver wire and in trades? Yeah, he did. But to say that it was a terrible organization, when you got there, you had Altuve. You had Springer. You had... Uh, a scouting director and a staff who drafted Carlos Correa and Lance McCullers when you wanted Mark Appel. I know he wanted Mark Appel because we were all, we were picking third and I know who they wanted. Okay. And Correa went one because Bobby wanted one and that staff wanted him one. And then Buxton went two to the twins and we took Zanino. So we were picking at the top. It was in the same pool, right? We had to know what was going to happen ahead of us. They ended up taking Mark Appel the next year, as we all remember. So to say that you had nothing left behind, you had Adrian Hauser, you had Mike Fultonelich, you had um, Vince Velasquez who helped you get Ken Giles, you had any number of players that you used to help you win a championship, that is not befitting of a terrible organization. That is insulting to the baseball people that were there before you who didn't do it your way. And frankly, that is what Jeff Luno has done the entire time, is tear everybody else down to make himself successful. You wonder why this vitriol has come back at him. You wonder why people wonder, have asked me, and Jeff himself referenced a couple of tweets that I said, right? He said, he, it was hard for him to see this as Luno's culture. That's me. I said it, and I'll say it again. It was your culture. You're the GM. The things with Brandon Taubman, that happened under you. The people that knew what was going on and left to other places. Well, there's only so many people that could be with other teams. So now you're talking about Mike Elias. You're talking about Sigma Dahl. You're talking about Mike Fast. You're talking about Ozzo Campo. You're talking about Eve Rosenbaum. Is that who you're talking about? Just say it. Go ahead and say it. But you can't say it. You're just going to infer it. That's Jeff Luno in a nutshell. It was almost like watching somebody with an out-of-body experience 
who is just going to say, yeah, I know I'm the GM. Yeah, the buck stops with me. Yeah, I hired everybody else here. I didn't know. I didn't know. Jason, I didn't know. I, I just I didn't know. Please, please take it easy on me. I didn't expect to get suspended. I didn't expect to get fired. Let's go ahead and take it face value that everybody in the Astros organization was involved. I've never doubted that for a second. So I'm okay. I'm prepared to believe that. Let's go ahead and say that. Firing you is the least of your concerns. Suspending you for a year is light. You weren't even suspended for a year. You spent it for nine months in a COVID season, in a short season. They lost 60 games. You should have been suspended for life. You don't do these type of things and turn around and say, oh, my bad. Let me back in. I Please, you know, I didn't do it. I'm really a good guy. None of this says you're a good guy. We haven't even talked about the Brandon Tobin situation, which we remember because we were in that press room right before that. This is all about the sign stealing. The man did nothing, nothing to create a culture of positivity, of, uh, of, of inclusivity, of humility. Everything he did was about promoting Jeff Luno all around the, all around the circle, across the board, connect four. I don't care what phrase you use. Everything that he did had to do about promoting himself. So to say that you do nothing is just not true. I can't get past it. I can't get past the things he said about this, about the people around him in that organization and that were there before him. I can't get past it. It's also interesting in the report, Rob Manfred says, at least in my view, the baseball operations department's insular, insular culture, one that valued and rewarded results over other considerations combined with staff of individuals who often lack direction or sufficient oversight led at least in part to the Brandon Taubman incident. So what gets me is it's an insular department, but yet there's no oversight. Does, does that even work? Does that even work when you're talking about the English language? Do those two things go together? No, it's exactly what it means. It means that everybody's a clan. Everybody's working together. It stays in-house and you know. How can it be that tight? You don't know. I have no idea. I have no idea it can be that close of a group. And it makes sense of that close of a group because we're all the same guys, all the same people. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. And, and you just went on TV and told everybody, told everybody, poor me. How about owning it? How about you have one true chance after the Astros were done with the season to say, and everybody watched. The people in baseball that watched this weren't limited to Houston. This was everywhere. Okay. People in Houston that watched it the people that are talking about it. This is a big deal. The way he handled baseball changed the game. It turned the game a direction and lost a lot of, a lot of people lost jobs and livelihoods and a lot of people who are better than him at what he does didn't get opportunities. And this is the way it turned out. Discredit everybody else around you. We forget where he worked before. Wasn't it McKenzie? Is that the name? McKenzie? McKenzie's reputation. And I have no experience, none with these people, right? The reputation is to be bloodlessly efficient. I believe we've seen those words in print. And he has now presented a plan, not just to the Astros, but to Major League Baseball, that is efficient. It doesn't take into account the human element. It gets rid of jobs. It gets rid of teams. It gets rid of cities on the map. And it turns it back towards things that he understands. It's been out in the papers, in print, in social media, and in several publications, that it was his plan. 
supported by Mike Elias and David Stearns do, to get rid of the minor leagues the way we see them evolving, okay? And you mean to tell me that you want us to believe you had nothing to do with this? What happens now? Jeff, let's say we take you at face value. You have nothing to do with this? First of all, I'm not going to take you at face value. Argument's sake. Commissioner, just going to reinstate you? Well, you're going to get reinstated anyway, okay? Because when the suspension's up, you're allowed to come back and work for a team. Is it going to happen? I got my guess. I got my guess. But I do know that any chance you had with that to address, to throw the PR department under the bus, to throw the legal department under the bus, to throw ownership under the bus, to throw your field manager under the bus, to throw your special assistants and Hall of Famers under the bus, everybody but you. How does everybody in the organization know but him? Can I ask that? I mean, can we just ask that question? How does everybody in the organization know but the one guy who in his mind was tasked to take a terrible organization to a dominant one? Those are his words, not mine. That's what you're doing and you don't know that they're cheating? You've got to be kidding. He mentioned possibly working in other sports. It seems interesting to me that if this is indeed a way for him to put himself out there to get another job, blaming a lot of other people, I, I, I don't know if that's going to that's gonna work. If that's going to go over well. Jason, this is a guy. No, it's not going to go over well. Okay. This is a guy. And the stories across baseball are massive how many people this happened to who when he first got a job before the Astros previous position he did as much as he could to learn from everybody else what they had to teach him and then threw him away if you look at the turnover the Astros have had since he since he was there I believe there was something about Rodley Linares being inexplicably let go by the Astros after a long period of time of service, of quality service, now the third base coach for the Rays, right? This guy takes what he can get and he throws people away. And people got wise to it and they stopped wanting to work there and they stopped wanting to work for him. It became to a point where people who were like him, you didn't want to go work around. It was better to go do something else. It wasn't worth it for your family. It wasn't worth it for the opportunity. It wasn't worth it because you knew at some point that dagger was going to come in your back. That's how he's operated. Okay. So to go to other sports, what's he going to do? Start over. Hey, I don't know anything about what's going on in fo I'll pick football. I'm going to go work for the Los Angeles Rams. I don't know anything about the NFL. Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to be in this position of authority. I'm going to hire all these people. Hey, I'm going to do all these interviews. I'm going to get all these written responses back. And then I'm not going to talk to anybody again because I've got your knowledge. Now I can go do what I want. People are going to trust that. How are they going to talk to him in a conversation and know he's ever telling you the truth? How do you let him know any of your secrets? How do you let him, know, let him get to know your family? This is a guy who just went on TV and threw the entire organization under the bus and several other teams, mentioned the Yankees, mentioned the Red Sox, mentioned the Dodgers. He didn't mention the Orioles and the Brewers because that's where he's got people that, are, that used to work for him. Okay? And I'm certainly not saying the Brewers are involved in any of this because David Stearns was gone way before this cheating scandal happened. Okay? But Mike Elias wasn't. He still didn't mention that, but he was quick to mention the Dodgers, Yankees, and Red Sox. Now he's going out to impugn other organizations to say, well, you know what? They were doing it. They were doing it. And we knew they were doing it. MLB knew they were doing it. You can't. This guy is unhirable. 
He's unhirable anywhere. He needs to go back and work in, well, whatever industry he was in before this one, because it's not going to happen in sports. Sports relies on confidence and trust. When you are in a clubhouse or part of an organization, you are sharing your lives with people. It becomes a second family. Day in and day out, you are with these people. If you're working, if you're on a field and you're a player and you're a coach of that team, it's every day. If you're a scout in the front office somewhere else, it's a more holistic, broader approach no matter where you are, but you're always connected because you're pushing towards the same goal. There's a loyalty that comes with that. There is a there is a, um, a strength that should come with that. There is a consistency. And you know who's along for it? The ride, Jason, it isn't just you. It's your family too. So when you go ahead and you do that, and you throw people under the bus like that, no, you should never, even if you were innocent, never work in sports again. You need to go find something else. I don't care if it's being a librarian. I don't care if you want to go be a magician. I don't care if you want to go be an actor or go be a popcorn vendor. But as far as working in sports, I don't see it. I don't see how somebody else hires this guy knowing that God, that if, if anything ever goes down, Lord forbid, he's going to throw you under the bus and drive it over. And the thought that perhaps when you talk about leadership, that really it maybe goes to the top with Jim Crane. Jim Crane is not around the ball club all the time. And when he goes and asks Jeff about when he goes and I assume asks Jeff about things, I would have to imagine you would take your general manager at face value, right? When you fire him, it's because you can't. So you take what he's telling you before him. You take what he's telling you before I jump to the next thing. This guy's got me really fired up with what I just saw. Jason, this has been kind of quiet with us for a while, right? We did our show last December and January about it. Um, you know, we talk, we've talked about it repeatedly, but this has basically been quiet. We've had a pandemic to deal with. These guys have played with no fans all year. They've had their own issues to work through. And literally last night, last night, we commented on the change in the culture that was there with James Click and Dusty Baker, okay? So this has been a little dormant. You can't work for a club if the lead decision maker, any sport, if the lead decision maker doesn't have knowledge of what's happening in his organization when it comes to rules and fractions, it lacks leadership in a way to keep people on the right path. And if something goes awry, is going to blame his owner for it. Because what he did without naming names, was blame Jim, blame Jim Crane. Now, I don't think Jim Crane handled the press conference real well. I don't think he handled the um, the apology or the attrition or whatever word we want to use for why, hey, you know, we feel really feel bad about this. And I don't think that that ever has really come out. I think the attitude from the organization, exception of Dusty Baker and Click, because they weren't there, has been, yeah, we did it, so what? I really think that's been the approach. We're going to go play baseball and you're going to forget about it. And you're going to have to get over it because no matter how many times we apologize, you're not going to let us live it down. You know what? There's probably some truth to that. No matter how many times these guys apologize, no one else, no one's going to let it go. Okay. But still that's been the approach. I don't think Jim Crane and Carlos Correa and the people that took that attitude did them any, themselves any favors by doing it that way. Okay. It doesn't mean Jim Crane knew he's reliant on the GM to do exactly what we've just said. And now if you, now you've thrown your owner under the bus, what happens if you go work for the Cleveland Browns? Bad example, Paul D. Podesta is there. What happens if you go for the uh, Seattle Seahawks or Los Angeles Lakers, right? Or soccer, 
or hockey or vo beach volleyball. Pick something. What happens if you go do that? And then all of a sudden, you know, something goes bad and you're going to throw it out in the street on your owner. I can't, I can't see it. Thank you for your time, Jeremy. Until next time. Can I, uh, before we go, can I say one thing? Of course. You got to wonder what Chris Correa is feeling like right now with the Cardinals. You know, Jeff Luno has had more scandals on his watch, on his time, with his people, than anything I've ever seen or heard of in any walk of life. He had Chris Correa, who went to jail. He made sure they put him in jail. He had Brandon Taubman, who wasn't dealt with right away. Okay? Now, look, all of us who were in the stadium that night, and we were in the stadium that night, knew what happened. We did. So we had some of us saw video. I'm not saying who or where or how, right? Some of us saw a clip. And to not act on that was an insult to all of us. To throw the media under the bus after that was an insult to all of us. It was just why? People are people are are behaving in a way that shows character, integrity, and ethics, and you are not. And and you continue to double you double down on that. You want to say you saw the statement? We were, it was Washington. We were in the media room in Washington. We addressed it. I was sitting next to you. Okay. And he came in and he basically acted like, eh, I saw it. Yeah. Went out. The statement before that was to call it a fabrication. Does that all come from somebody else? Does that come from him? Is he telling the company line with that? Or is that him? We don't know. But all evidence points to the contrary. I don't believe a word he has to say. I haven't seen him behave in integrity and honesty in this game for one second. I haven't seen him do anything to protect the people around him. And I've seen him only worry about Jeff to the point of ruining other people's careers. He never, he should never work in sports again. He got off light. And he should consider himself lucky that that's all he got. And that's another episode of Extra Bases with Bristol and Booth. Thanks, Jeremy. 